Ladies and gents, you're now tuned in to episode number five, AMD Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Man, um, I got a special guest in the house tonight. And um, I really fuck with genuine hip-hop heads. And he's one of the main reasons how I even got plugged in into, into the San Diego hip-hop scene, you know? When I, first, when I first moved out here in 2010, I didn't really start, really, really start doing shows to like all 12, you know? 013 and that's when I met DJ Rifa Selecta. I met him along with KBP and we did shows every night at Gall- uh, Gallagher's? Gallagher's. The first one was Gallagher's Monday Mike Nights and then the second spot was The Heart. The every heart. Monday, right? Ocean Beach. It was yeah. every Monday or every two months. Every Monday. He did it every, every Monday. Monday bro. Um, and he is a San Diego hip hop, uh, uh, definitely a staple in San Diego hip hop. What's up, dog? How you feeling? Yo, yo, big up, Marlon D. Thanks for bringing me on. Share the story, share a couple words, and uh, big up yourself as well, man. As a uh, active, motivated MC, going from Oxnard to LA to San Diego, big up yourself too, bro. You Thank know? you, dude. So, um, I always want to highlight like where people come from and where how did people migrate to San Diego? Like, how did your family end up here? Man, my family's uh, roots yeah, come from Mexico City, the biggest city in the world, or one of the biggest cities in the world. And uh, Pops came through, uh, I want to say like 30, 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, he landed in uh, L.A. He got to L.A., uh, neighborhood called El Segundo. What? Yeah, El Segundo. So he, uh, from El Salvador straight to L.A.? Not Salvador, uh, Mexico City. Me- Mexico City. Mexico City. City. Got uh, to L.A., got to neighborhood El Segundo, then came to uh, Mission Valley, San Diego, where a lot of hotels uh, had open jobs, and he uh, landed a job right there in Hotel Circle, right here in Mission Valley. And then uh, here I was already dating my moms, finally brought her over. She was already got dating married with her oh. from Mexico City. Wow. Yeah. So they both came together? Yeah, uh, first my came? dad came, you know, started working, found the spot, got an apartment right here, Friars Road, Mission Valley. Yeah? And that's where I grew up, bro. I was uh, born in Chula Vista, uh, Southside San Diego. Always lived up here in the Linda Vista, Mission Valley area. You ever think about like your mom and dad's struggles and what they had to overcome to like really stabilize themselves in the U.S. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And, and, and like the hard work it took. Yes. Right. Luckily, my parents were hard workers, man. That's that's how my dad was able to establish himself out here, bring moms and have a family and, and raise a family. And this was a uh, before the borders got really tight. It was still very easy or not as complicated to cross the border back in these days where I remember uh, we started bringing a lot of family members uh, that would sleep in the same bed as me and then they would start they would find a job start working get collect their money get an apartment and finally like after working here 10 years uh, as an illegal yeah you could finally have enough um, proof that you've been working and you can finally qualify to be a citizen or a resident alien so that's what a lot of my family did and that's how um a lot of us got out here from mexico city is um mom and dad's side still out there did you still got some family out there from oh, mom yeah. and dad's side yeah definitely the i would say like 80 percent of my fam is out there still in mexico city shout out to all my folks in mexico yeah Estamos. um i always wanted to ask where does the uh, the hispanic work ethic comes from 
because it's similar to Filipinos, you know, like that's you guys, right. Filipinos you, work hard you, too, bro. Yo, we do, Big but time. so does Hispanics. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. You guys work hard, so I give you guys props. Was mom and dad hard workers? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, mom, dude, that's all you saw. Grow, that's all you saw growing up, Harif. Yeah, work hard. just working hard. That was it. I'd see a lot of my uncles and fam just work like 20 hours a day. Just come home, come home to sleep, get up, work again, send some money home to the fam, and then save some money to establish myself out here, you know? Um, so you grew up in Chula. I know, born in Chula, Chula Vista, but I always grew up here in uh, Linda Vista. Linda Vista. Yeah. So how was the early 90s? How was late 80s, early 90s like out here in Linda Vista? Oh, man. Or San Diego in general? Luckily, our generation had the best time of growing up. I think we were the last generation of going outside, <laughs> actually talking to people, yeah. going to house parties. Uh, there was no social media. Yeah. We didn't even have cell phones when we were growing up. I think we had like the the, the black and white Nokias, the green, <laughs> green and black screen Nokias yeah. that we could text. And we had like the, the snake game that would get the apple, all like little blocks. So we had to like actually grow up growing up in school and after school you would have to learn how to talk to a female to try to persuade her to come to hang out with you and get to know the girl these days everything is is, is different you know it's not about <laughs> getting in the dm and yeah. whose instagram post is uh better back then we didn't have that but myspace barely came out when uh, i think we were like seniors in high school and uh, so you actually our generation was still very Alive, very social, very fun, outgoing. You wouldn't think about staying home because you wanted to get out there, meet some friends. We would just go to the mall, just walk around, talk to uh, to girls, uh, even other groups of guys, just find out what they were about, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was your first recollections of uh, the hip-hop scene out here? Uh, oh, as a, as a junior high kid, as a high school kid, mm-hmm. what was like your first exposure to the scene out here? Well, growing up, man, since... Uh, uh, going into seventh grade, we were me and my friends were always into graffiti, so graffiti was definitely one of the elements of hip hop. That you got introduced to first, like oh yeah, shit. yeah, definitely. Dope. Uh, first, it was more more Chicano hip hop, like uh, Aztec Tribe, Proper Dose from L.A., Lighter Shade of Brown, um, Little Rob, Night Owl. So it's more cholo uh, influenced uh, hip hop rap. And then um, growing up more, then later came uh, all the, the basic of hip hop, I would say, like the Run DMCs, all the East Coast uh, hip hop, of course, uh, then like mixes by like Grandmaster Flash, Fat Five Freddy, all that old school hip hop from East Coast was second to me because first was definitely a Chicano, Chicano rap, you know? And then after that came like a tribe called Quest, Jurassic Five. Oh my god, uh, atmosphere. <coughs> and then uh, came a time when uh, I went fully reggae because mm-hmm. I started noticing how the, the Chicago culture of uh, gang banging or back then was tag banging and also the rebels and the groovers were coming up and we would always fight each other and that was just totally wrong. So finally, going to high school in Claremont is when I got uh, uh, into reggae music. and. And I had this uh, this uh, girlfriend in, in high school who was uh, American, full American blonde, and her mom did not accept me dating this girl. So I heard this song by Don Carlos called uh, "Young Lady, Young Nazi Girl." She don't, uh, she can't fall in love with the dread because she can't let her mom and her dad know. And that's how we were playing the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. 
So reggae definitely had a big influence on me then. So there was a minute when I left hip hop completely. This is when the game was coming out, G, G Unit, uh, which wasn't really what I was into hip hop, kind of like Nelly came out. Like nowadays I get it. After like being a professional DJ for 15 years, I get it. You gotta play that music to make the girls dance. But back then, I was like, nah, this, this is not roots, it's not culture. So that's why I went full reggae for a long time and I started collecting records, DJing house parties, because I was still 18, 19. You were still you were DJing house parties at eighteen. House parties, yeah, not eighteen. 19. Reggae and hip hop records. Yeah, reggae and hip reggae and hip hop. But you started spinning hip hop first. No, actually, spinning as spinning records mm-hmm. was reggae. reggae. How old were you when you first started spinning reggae? Oh man, I must have been. I was a senior in high school. Nice. So this was uh, two thousand two, two thousand one. So you started spinning around 01. 01. Senior spinning, in high school. Senior in high school. Reggae records first. Reggae uh, records and reggae CDs. Nice. And back then we had to carry this heavy ass equipment. There was no MP3 Oops. players. There was no uh, no apps. No, no, there's an app called Dub so Siren. real crates. For, yeah, that was it was machines, like heavy machines, heavy speakers. And once we figured out, me and my friends figured out that we had a crowd following us in these house parties. We're like, bro, once we hit 21, it's over. But our first show ever was February 2006 in Tijuana, Mexico, because our crowd was still t- under 21. When you say first show, first show as in... First gig. That's a crew. Yeah, like uh, we had two bands, uh, which was Roots Covenant, and uh, back then it was called Caution. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I don't recall their name right now, but I, I will bring that up because they were very important. We still play with them. So, so it was a collective. Yes. So back then it was Caution, Roots Covenant. Uh, myself was DJing, a couple other DJs. And our crowd came from San Diego to Tijuana. The Tijuana locals came. Dope. And back then, MySpace was like barely coming up. <laughs> yes. yes. So we actually had to like send out. Uh, groups of people from our crew, uh, which was TRC, which first started as graffiti, and we started doing parties, and then got into the uh, DJing scene, into the sound system scene, along with hip hop. So we got our name out there, awesome show, successful, <clears throat> kept doing shows in TJ, it was a lot of fun, good times. We finally hit 21. We started hitting the clubs. And <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap, yeah. <laughs> and that's when. Whole like, other world, huh? Yeah. And I got into it, uh, our first show, my first show in San Diego was hip hop. Because back in these days, uh, my friend Motor, rest in peace, who was a graffiti, I'd say he's big in graffiti. I wouldn't say he was an icon, but he was definitely up there in the top five for sure. Um, He had a group called Circle Empire. And he was like, yo, Reef, we don't have a DJ, bro. I know you do reggae, but yo, here, I'll kind of like show you where to where to drop, you know, where to put all the tunes, where to put the rhythms or in hip hop is considered instrumentals. So um, luckily uh, he got me with trust and I would go practice with them. Then we started doing shows. So our first official show uh, was still under Circle Empire, which was like uh, uh, Santo Cervantes. Uh, Gage, G2G3, who is now in uh, Mexico as well. Uh, Decimal, a couple other cats. And uh, that was Circle Empire. I would DJ for them. We would perform at the Rhythm Lounge in Point Loma, San Diego, which now is called the Bonsai Bar. And the Rhythm Lounge was like this real, like, dark, uh, sticky floors, 
smelled like beer. The bathroom smelled horrible. The girls would tell us like, oh my God, this place stinks. But it was the only place that would let us play. So we would play there. Um, we had big names like Orko Elohim come mash with us. Um, then uh, Circle Empire would still always play. Formula Abstract came up. And then uh, Tumex started playing with us. And Tumex is huge, big influence because uh, I met Tumex at Amoeba in LA when I was young. I barely had like my first car out there. Uh, digging through records, I saw Tumex, got in touch with them, told them like, yo, I've been listening to you for a long time. Like I, when I gave up in hip hop, Tumex was one of the, the artists I still bumped because I felt like that was hip hop, not like this mainstream commercial shit back in the day. Shouts to Tumex. Yeah. And, uh, so from there, we went to Portugalia. And Portugalia was our spot, Ocean Beach. Uh, that's where a lot of this started. Uh, the owner of Portugalia, Jason, um, real cool dude. He, he saw that we would bring people. So he was like, you guys have the stage, do whatever you want. I started booking reggae, hip hop. And that's where a lot of stuff went down. <laughs> a lot of good times. A lot of, a lot of reggae artists, big names. A like, lot of cats ripping oh, yeah, it down. Yeah, hip hop and reggae. We had Elemento there. Uh, Tumex was like a regular there. And then he'd bring people from LA. Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. And uh, a lot of reggae acts, two international reggae acts, like a lot of uh, like Walton Irie. Um, uh, we had Lloyd Hemmings come around all the time. Ken Bob, Rankin Joe, and all, all sorts of names. It was just good times, good party times. And then uh, Portugalia closed, so we started doing Skybox and Claremont, hip-hop. Then Colorossi came that too in that area. Colorossi had a lot of people following him, so our shows would just get packed. And then we do collaborations with like Jay Irie, who was big in the reggae scene San Diego, with uh, Circle Empire, Johnny Colorossi. We'd sell out places like in downtown uh, on Broadway, this club called the, the Electric Lounge, or the Gato Loco, yeah. as known. And I remember downtown before we were doing shows, uh, House of Rep was running hip hop in downtown. Respect to them, because I would go see them spin, and then I'd go see Tribe of Kings spin for reggae and Revelation Sound, and that shit was just wow, amazing. And uh, Commander Jackson and Spider Man were the original like San Diego Sound System pioneers, I would say. And they had this night at Fidelity Hall, where the music started. At midnight, and and me and Days Rock from Wild Style Technicians, respect. He took me. I wouldn't say took me by the hand, but like he was like my elder, and I was a youth. I was like, I think I was 20 years old to the first official Jamaican sound system I went to, and it was at Fidelity Hall um, near downtown San Diego. Get there at midnight, it's empty. At 12:30, this place was rammed, like elbow to elbow, one green light above the DJ, um, just two turntables and a microphone. And all they had to drink was Jamaican rum, Heineken, and water. That's it. And that really got me influenced into, into the DJ sound system culture. Woo! And because of all that, that's why we started doing hip-hop. And then later came the days when uh, Gallagher's, we started doing uh, My Chick Mondays. And that's when I was blessed to meet you there, Marlon D., um, as, as our, our one of our resident MCs. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for always letting me on. Of course, man. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. Not go, at go. all. No, hey, oh, uh, man. It's so much, so much uh, history here in San Diego, you know? Yeah, so by the time I met you, 2013, it was the Monday Mike Nights in Gallagher. So let's take it from there. So how did you get that spot, dog? What was man. it? 
I've always wanted to know, what was the story? Uh, I used to run the Reggae Thursdays at Gallagher's that we would fill up the place with like 500 people every Thursday. Uh-huh. To a point where we didn't even have to uh, promote the show. People already knew Reggae Thursday, Gallagher's, Ocean Beach. Place was rammed. And then the uh-huh. owner was like, so yo. fucks with you, have you? Yeah, yeah. So the owner was already like, yo, Reef, whatever you want, like, let us know. I was like, yeah. I was like yo, I want to <laughs> yes. do hip hop. I want to bring hip hop to Ocean Beach. Nice. And they were like, oh, but you know, it's a rougher crowd. Um, are they going to buy drinks? Are they going to sneak drinks in? Are they going to graffiti the bathroom? And that's what I was like, fuck. She's totally right. Like that crowd. Is more <laughs> more of a ruckus and trouble. So she, uh, you're right. Yeah, I was like, you're right. You're right. That's my people. You're right. It may happen. It may happen. It will happen. It may happen. And you don't want it to fall on you. Yeah. And you don't want to say it won't happen. Then it does, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we All knew right. we were taking a risk. Uh huh. But we love hip hop so much. We're like, fuck it, let's do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So luckily, um, uh, at the time, Ganja was helping me out a lot. Shasta Ganja. Yeah, big up Ganja. At this era of my life, I wasn't, I didn't have a real job anymore. I gave up FedEx because I was DJing at night, coming to FedEx seven in the morning, zombied out, like smelling like weed and alcohol, like lipstick on the collar. You know? <laughs> so I gave up. I was making, luckily, I was making enough money to uh, to live off just DJing. So uh, Ganja was helping me out a lot, uh, carrying turntables, carrying records, carrying speakers. So started Mic Check Mondays. We were bringing artists like Carlo, uh, Atlantis Rising, Destructo Bunny, big up Destructo Bunny. He, he's, he was there for a lo- the longest, helped us out. Um, Marlon D, yeah, Marlon D would come rock with us. Uh, Michael Gabriel would come rock with us. And at the time we were sponsored by the flower shop uh, 420 Delivery, which was a dispensary that would bring herb to your pad. And the owner of the dispensary who, who sponsored us monthly helped us out a lot. He said, yo, it's my little brother, uh, Ramen. <laughs> I want you to meet, yo, Reef, I want you to meet my little bro, Ramen. <laughs> we're like, wait, wait, how do you know Ramen's brother? Wait, time out, how do you know him again? His brother owned the shop, uh, the flower shop delivery, which was a, a 420 Connect. And you would go. He'd sponsor our events, and then he came to me one day, and he was like, yo, I want you to meet my little brother, Ramen. And at the time, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he brought him to my house. Ramen, Shasta Rami, what up, yeah, yo? Beefy, he was, he was 20 years old. Though. He wasn't even 21. His voice squeaked a lot. He was funny, dude. Good guy, though. Good guy. Love you, man. So, uh, uh, one Love day, you, Ramen. Uh, he brings him to a. He turned finally turns twenty one. He brings him to a, one of our reggae nights at Gallagher's, and he sees it's packed. And I'm yeah. Like, he he enjoy. I can see he likes the nightlife. <laughs> he enjoys the crowd. Yes. And finally, For sure. uh, he started coming to our Monday nights, and he starts emceeing. Yeah. Bro. Never knew he could MC and he actually had style. Yeah. So I was like, nice. This this kid, has got it in him. When you see someone that can that has hip hop in him, you know. And then. He tells me, like, yo, Reef, uh, I'm starting working on some tracks with my boy Cooley. He says he knows you. Ty, what up, Cooley? And I'm like, Cooley? And I'm like, KVP. I'm like, man, I remember Cooley used to carry, used to help us carry crates from house parties in Claremont. I was a young cat, maybe like five years younger than, than us. And uh, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, bring him by. 
And it was at Mike Check Mondays that Ganja told Beefy, like, yo, if you feel you can rock, get up there doing the freestyle sesh and just rock the mic. Yeah. So, boom, Cooley gets up there, rocks it. Cooley's already been doing it, so you can tell he's got a little more experience. Beefy gets up there, kills it. And, and that's how they formed? And right away, yeah, Ganja looks at me and is like, yo, this kid, this kid can rap. And I'm yeah. like, right? And him and Cooley connected, and they started doing songs together. Yeah, man. I saw them doing it. Yo, they opened for Method Man and Rat Man. Let's yeah. get that out right yeah. now. They opened for Meth and Red. Yeah. But, yo, so time out. So you knew Cooley from before. Already. I knew Cooley from the uh, the reggae house parties in Claremont. So you knew him before yeah. already. And he just so happens to uh, to know uh, Ramin. To know Beefy, yeah. They just happen to know each other. Yo, they're going to get interviewed next, by the way. Shout out to KBP. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> they got a new single out. Um, follow them. Look for them on Instagram, Cool Beef Productions, Jock Cooley, Captain McStoney, Ryan aka Ma- Beefy. Ryan McDonald on Ryan Facebook. Robin so, Hyrie. Yeah, talented dudes. Um, talented they got dudes. a new single out right now. Um, and shouts to Broken Star. Rami got some shit coming out with Broken yeah. Star. And they were on my uh, last mixtape. Thanks for blessing me with two joints. Um, but yeah, dude, like... So let's take it from there. Oh man! So Monday mic night, guys. Yeah, I'm tell you mic guys check something. Mondays. So then, so mic um, check. Something happens where Ganja has to go deal with family in Tijuana, so he's gonna be out for a few months. So I tell Beefy like, "Yo, man, I need a host for the night. You know, um, you and Cooley should come do it." And they're like, "Yo, we got this shit." And then we would we would practice more during the freestyle sesh, and that's when they came up with the name Cool Beef Productions. Nice. And same thing, I, I was blessed that they were like, uh, yo, man, we really don't have a DJ, but since you DJ for us every Monday right here, let's, yo, fuck, let's do this. I was like, yes. boom. And luckily, I was able to work with them and at the same time help them market Cool Beef Productions to the correct uh, targeted audience. Yes. And that's how they started blowing up. And all of a sudden, they're opening up for... Uh, for uh, yeah, I big that. artists like yep. uh, at the observatory the and we bumped shows. into you there yeah <laughs> all the classic shows we were bumped into you there because you were a fucking opener too and we're like oh fuck yeah we're rocking the night with uh, Marlon D opening for uh, we opened uh, for uh, I, I was there for sure for the, for the Red and Math show I opened Red and Math you guys opened but we opened for the observatory with a Brother Ali Brother Ali yeah and, um, Brother Ali did, Tech Nine that, yeah. Immortal Technique that was yep yep Visionaries was there Visionaries Two was there man and Good times. All the classic shows at Gallagher's for sure. Yep. And then what year did we transition to the Harp? Because there was classic times at the Harp too. Yeah. So Gallag- Gallagher's got sold, and the new owner. What year was that? Uh, fuck. What year was this? This was like what? Four years ago, I want to say. We're right now in 2020. This was like 2016. That was the end of an era for that venue, but then it was yeah. on to the next chapter, right? Yes. Gallagher's. So, right away. That was tight. So, the new owner... Great uh, times, man. The new owner was like, yo, I don't like hip-hop. <laughs> right away, I don't like hip-hop. I don't like the crowd. <laughs> you can keep your reggae night here at what is called now the holding company in Ocean Beach. You can keep your reggae night here, but hip-hop's got to go. Like, didn't even give us a chance. Like, nope. I was like, fuck. So down the street was the harp. Uh, right away, I go in there. I'm like, yo, my name is Rifa. And they're like, oh, man, you're from Gallagher's. Yeah, you do Thursday nights. Boom. What night you want? It's like, let's do Mondays. Keep my check Mondays going. And luckily, they gave us a shot. They loved it. Good times. We were lucky to bring uh, Lucky I Am. Shit. AC. Um, 
Yeah, two mechs for sure. Two mechs. We had the, vision, the visionaries there, but separate. Like we had a Lord Zen. That's right. Um, a two mechs always rocked with us. Uh, uh, Babu. Couple other. We beats. had DJ Babu. Fuck yeah, bro! Uh, wait, wait, wait. At, at yeah. the harp? Uh, no, he was at Gallagher's. I'm sorry. He no was at Gallagher's. way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was he? Was I yeah. there? Dude, I it was so, a joke. What year? What what year was that? If that was 2016, this had to be a year prior. 2015. No way! Yeah. What? Yeah, bro. Dope, dope. We've dope. had all the visionaries there, just separate nights. Dope. Would have been blessed to have them all together. That's so awesome. Yeah. I like the Gallagher venue. What was I like the harp? But what was the one right across Gallagher? We we rocked uh, a couple shows there too, right across Gallagher. The one where where Destructo Bunny used to always host. Oh, uh, Winston's. There you go, Winston's, Winston's, Winston's. Yeah, Winston's. Yo, that's a good venue yeah. too. And we rocked that couple Bunny times. ran that spot, and yeah, he had a good. We, we he rocked, ran that place good. We rocked that place a couple times too. Mm-hmm. No, straight up. Hey, Observatory was a different kind of. Yeah, that was that was, that was mainstream. Like that was like Hollywood status. Good times. <coughs> I remember the. Oh, we opened for Jizza. That's right, bro. Yeah. And then uh, there's one more. You opened for Jizza. One of the Wu-Tang members, the uh, the chef. Raekwon. You guys opened for Raekwon? Yeah. Wow. That was fucking dope. That was a good time. And you know what's crazy? Like, uh, that venue, you can't really drink inside the venue, but yeah. you can only drink at the bar. So sometimes the bar be more crowded. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Sometimes everybody's up in that motherfucker yeah. trying to squeeze their necks. Yo, oh shit, creeps on. Let's get out. Exactly. <laughs> that shit was so funny. Good times, though, man. Um, so let's take it from... So, the harp. At what year do we stop doing the harp? The harp ended... When I took off to Vegas for a week and the fight broke out there and Fuck. the owner said no more because it was a second fight in like two or three months that broke out and it was some random dude that like wasn't even a regular for hip hop. He Fuck. OB drunk guy that came with this girl, got in a fight and made everything bad. That's what happened there? And that was uh, three years ago. So that was 2017, 2018. That there were like no more hip hop at the heart, and then so we didn't do any any hip hop for 2019, and then 2020 came with stupid ass COVID, and nothing's happened yet. But once this shit gets back in, I know hip hop in San Diego is gonna rise up again. Especially big up to uh, um, the cats that were running the air conditioning lounge, uh, yes. Hip Hop Wednesdays. Yep, yep. Kali, and all his friends and all his, all his boys, good vibes, good people. I'm so glad they stepped in and, and brought hip hop up because uh, for a few months, half a year, there was nothing going on. Mad props, mad props, guys. So, 2020, man. 2020, ready for this shit to be over. You think the hip hop scene took a hit? You think the whole scene? Of Music course, in general shows. took a hit, man. Music in general took a hit. Yeah? Fuck. I don't want to say a step back, but it's definitely going to be very hard to bring San Diego up. Because San Diego's already a hard market to have live music. Because there's so much nightlife in a city that's spread out that you can't fill up a night so easy. And people will travel to Chula Vista, they'll travel to North County to Ocean Beach, to El Cajon, to catch a show. But there will be another show on the way there. So I don't know if it takes to unify 
the music industry and say, hey, this night it's going to be run on this night, on this neighborhood, so we don't interfere. But then again, it's so difficult to do that because people are hungry. People want to get out there and expose their music. At the same time, a lot of DJs, that's how they they make money, you know, so you can't really hate on that. So you kind of just are able to be happy to get a slice of the cake, per se. Fuck. Yeah. Do you think we have to adapt just <coughs> streaming it live? That's good, uh, too. Do you think that's what we should start doing more? Yes, but start if we're going to stream it live, it live uh, I feel the public, I hope the public will go out and support a night when that artist is live. Because that's what's going to keep it going. And every DJ, every MC, support your next DJ and MC. Because unity is key, of course. Like you support, you tell your crowd to go support the other homie, the other DJ's crowd on the next night or on the next week. Yeah. And vice versa. And then that way, the people come and support all the artists and it continues building up. Um, <clears throat> do you still believe in the word of mouth and that type of publicity? Like, sometimes, no matter how many things we post, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's just good to just hear about it through the word of mouth, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You still believe in that? Like definitely. Whether of course. Had, had the music spreads, a, a dope artist that you just heard through another homie, like, hey, if we hear this fool, like mm-hmm. this guy's tight, you know? Yeah. Um No, yeah. totally, of course. Because yeah. that's you're you're spreading vibes, you're spreading uh, another artist, another night. And that's the best way to do it. Do you think in 2020, for the remaining of 2020, will we see shows? For the next for the next remaining months of 2020. Yeah, I know today there was a show, a concert in Oceanside. For real? Yeah. Um, that's the first of of any that I've heard of. Damn. That's not like a drive up, kind of Peco Park thing that they did, which mm-hmm. was awesome. That everybody had to stay in their car. Yeah, yeah, that's and, chill uh, too. That's chill. I, I can hang with that. That's uh, cool. We need clubs open. We need people to go out to vibe to dance. We need some shit open, huh? Yes, yes. Like, like just hear some loud music somewhere oh, loud. Yes. But it has to be somewhere wide. Indeed. So people can really fucking stay six feet. Six feet apart. But... I guess, I don't know. that. I, I don't know. Is that, would that a, work? It wouldn't work. Because <laughs> as humans, as humans, we want to dance. Like a ranch? socialize. Like, come on. Somebody got a ranch. Yeah, for real. No, for real, though. No. Yeah, yeah. Do like a ranch. No, and, for and real. there's enough room. For real. Yeah. A soccer field. Come on. Yeah. A big ass. Nah, it's too much. Nah, that's too much. Too much. That's too much. But nah, it's a good idea. If we get a soccer field, that's too much. But it'd be dope, man. But social distancing rules, though. Like get get the temp check and temperature check. Yeah. Gloves and masks. Yeah. Just go like that. I don't know. I don't know. Something, man. Something. But it's definitely gonna be hard until we're back 100% to how we used to be at the nightlife, the music life. But we can't wait. Can't wait till that happens. Around 2018, I was uh, I was pursuing acting, and oh, yeah, I yeah. would vent. I would vent every day to Reef. Like, man, I gotta get back in there in the studio. I, every day he would hear me rant about that. Every day he would hear me, man, Reef. I gotta get back to the studio. Oh, yeah. I gotta get back to the studio. Till gradually, I started going back to the studio. Fuck yeah. 
Anything I made you, I, I would play it for him every time. Um, bro, and the beats you I, made with your boy on the drums. With Hash. Oh my Shots god, that shit was magical, bro. And that's why Reeves a good friend of mine, and he is a, a huge reason why I was getting booked in San Diego for like, for so many years. And um, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for always letting me rock. That, that Thank you lot. for rocking, bro. Are you Sh- kidding me? Shouts to KBP for always cool letting me. Shouts to uh, shouts to the ho- uh, to the homies for letting me rock with them, Fuck letting yeah. me open for Two Max when they would go out of town to open for Babu, letting me open for Two Max here. Bro. You guys always let me get on. Thank you. Means Thank a you. whole lot, bro. I love you guys. Thank you. Um, do you think that MCs and DJs are creating a lot right now since we can't make sh- we can't do shows? Yes. Where do you think the energy's going? Well, since. since- Everybody has to stay at home or was at home. Right now, it's starting to be a little more lenient. But since people were at home for such a long time, of course, the creative juices had to come out some way, somehow. So luckily, they... uh, And now it's so very accessible to record off your phone, record off your computer, record off your your MP3 player. So thanks to that, people are are ready to express themselves musically-wise, which is, is good. And thankfully, technology helped us out there to keep the music alive um we had some pretty crazy parties in reef's house oh man and one night if these walls could talk (laughs) and one night i was out in this front yard i was drunk as usual Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was pretty i was pretty lit that night and i hear the sample the biddy mcclain biddy mcclain walk away from love and um i was like i ran to the living room like what the fuck is that yeah Yo, the next day I called Ash. Ash was sampling something. Oh my god. And then thank you for inspiring me uh, for that song and that beat. Of course. Um, man. You know what's funny? I learned that song from Cutfather, uh, a, a hip hop hip hop DJ legend like that. Thank he put a lot of people on, thankfully he put me on. Out of the whole album? That's the most streamed album on YouTube. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's a heavy tune. It's the most streamed album on my YouTube. Uh, that tune by it. itself is, is, is huge. And, and then you um, put your lyrics on top. Murder. The It'll be the third single for the album. And we're shooting the video. <clears throat> we're looking for someone. <laughs> no. But yeah, we're, we're trying to shoot the third video. But yeah. thanks for inspiring me for that joint. Of course, man. Um, but yeah, dude, like so many good times with you guys. What I remember is <laughs> for the most part, bro, for the harp. I'd find myself drunk in my Civic like this, dog. Yeah. Toss, like, every time. <laughs> I'd be texting you guys like, I'd be texting you guys every time like, hey guys, I'm in my Civic, so yeah. bring up. Hell yeah. I'd be getting you get right. Yeah. Like, hey guys, I'm in my Civic, so bring up. Bro. And then Robbie and Cooley would come out like, yo, you good? You good? I'd yeah, yeah, be like, of course, I'll, I'll always be like this, dog, by my, by my car, just. I'm chilling. Chill, fuck yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, dude, that was. I'm it's all reminiscing times. about good times because you know why? I miss the good times. I miss doing shows. Best times. And that was the best times. And you know what? Probably took it for granted then. You know why? We were doing it so much. Yeah. That it feels like it. It's like part of our lives, and um, it's so f- crazy how it can be taken away just like that. Just like that, bro. And I know that. That hit me where it hurts, like goddamn, you know. I'm sorry, Laura. I mean, geez, I I, 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 I want to keep doing shows, but I exerted that energy to um, making music. But yeah. so as far as 
2021, bro. And he, oh, so do you want to plug in the business where you work? Oh, yeah, yeah. So luckily, before COVID hit hard, uh, I finally got the opportunity to be a manager at a dispensary, the Healing Center in San Diego. Big up. Thanks for having me there since, uh, since they opened their doors. Funny story, uh, the reason I got hired as a bud tender at the dispensary, because when they first opened, the manager was a regular at Gallagher's for my Reggae Thursdays. He was like, yo, bro, we're opening up a dispensary. We need a DJ to come do, you know, a place of music, keep the people entertained. I know you're the guy. I was like, boom, I'm ready. So I became their DJ. They had events. I'd be their DJ. I'd go like uh, to North Park downtown, go play music for them while they set up the booth and promoted the spot. So finally, they're like, yo, we need a bud tender. Uh, I know you've been bud tending with Ganja Galaxy. And yo, Ganja Galaxy that was what Beefy and Jack Cooley were running. And that was a huge major event that kept music alive as well. Uh, I remember Beefy would have like Mitchie Slick come and rock the mic. All sorts Tight. of uh, local MCs. Marlon D, you would rock with us. I was able to play reggae there. I, I was a DJ for Ganja Galaxy. Good fucking times. Oh, yes. The whole Ganja the Galaxy. Best, yeah, like the best that whole weird period. party. Yes. Big up, Beefy, for holding that shit down. Jack Cooley Big for ups. Good times, Good dude. Times, Too man. many good times. Oh, my God. You know what? Lines out the door, bro. There you go, bro. Lines That's out what the door. You know what, like, you're right. That's what, how life happened. Huh? It's like, after the harp, the next phase was Ganja Galaxy. Ganja Galaxy. Like, that, that was the like, next thing. Fuck you, Harp. It's <laughs> like, we're going to rock this shit. Dang, make it dog. Bigger. You know what? It's been Man. so long that I forgot about that. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, wow. It's... I... Yeah. I forgot about the whole Ganja, Ganja Galaxy, Galaxy How do you forget movement. about that shit, man? That was a whole nother phase we in left doing that out shows. We the story. Um, yo, yo, let's take it there. Hold up. So, what year did the... Man, so if, what year did that start? I, I would say, oh, 2016. Yeah, 2016. You, that's when it, you're right? It 2016? Started off, yeah, started off in Oak Park. And the, where's the venue in Mirror Mesa where it's like by the pyramid? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the good, that, that was, was the, the, the second story. That was the best venue. Yeah. That, that was, was uh, ill venue. There was two spots in Miramar. The second that story next to the pyramid fashion furniture thing. And then the warehouse in the back. So that's around the same time the harp was like, you guys can't do hip hop here anymore. Or like, I'll forget you. I don't want to say fuck you because the harp was good for us for a long time. Good people out there. No disrespect to them. Uh, but instead of saying F you, it was more like, okay, no problem. Ganja Galaxy was in place and Beefy was rocking that shit big time. So we were able to bring our MCs there, bring the turntables. Awesome times. Yo, ladies and gents, a quick second break. We got our special guest in the house tonight, Schlepp, what up? Yeah, Mr. Schlepp. Yo, what up, guys? How was work, dude? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Hey, man, so last time I seen you, we was talking about how bad of it is an idea if if the schools go bad. And what movie were you talking about? The Outbreak. <laughs> Outbreak, 1997. You're going to bring him. Let him know what could happen. Yeah. It's like your worst case scenario video experience, like schlep, schlep 2020. I'm telling you, <laughs> you could just roll it in the classroom with the VHS and uh, put the movie out, dim the lights, on. and uh, get the coffee so they don't fall asleep. Yeah, put a pot of coffee on. They could watch Outbreak. Yeah, there's your COVID. <laughs> uh, oh 
Schlepp said that idea. We Dog. Was fucking dying. I remember driving home that day. I was in my car. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was is like. That, is that because you guys are just like really high? Or was it that funny? <laughs> No, it was actually funny. The way you delivered it too was hilarious. I was like, that dude. should have been your stand-up. Yeah, like it's it, yeah. All we could do is have a sense of humor. Yeah. I mean, it, it's real, but the next time, I delivered it in a in a, in a humorous way. Like, next time you have a podcast, put Schlebby. Just Schlep. Sure. Schlep twenty twenty. Schlep. What was your favorite moment at the harp? The harp. The harp. Okay. Um. Mike check Mondays. I'd show up Monday night with uh, all the leftover pizza all slices. The leftover pizza. That's right. I, people would that's like right. Schlep, uh, beer. For yeah, pizza. yeah, yeah. Some people would like it Thank so you, much. Schlep. They would. Fed hip hop. They pizza. would uh, show me some Thank love. Thank you so by, much for that. Buying me a Rolling Rock. Or, Dude, what that's three dollar Rolling Rock. Three dollar Rolling Rock at, at the, the time. Yeah. That was awesome. Hell yeah, you did that. Thanks, Schlep. Uh, yeah, well, I would hang out and eat pizza and watch rap and uh, you know. Feed a bunch of starving artists and a bunch yeah. of a bunch of people. Uh, yo, people would bar wait. people who people would ask me, "Yo, when's Schlepp coming here?" Hang out. <laughs> not even like, "Yo, when's when are you gonna rock the mic?" No. Like it's ten yeah, o'clock and he's not even yeah, here yet Schlepp with a right? box of uh, miscellaneous pizza. <laughs> miscellaneous pizza. pizza like something surprise. must be wrong. Like, yeah. should we call him? Should or? we call him? Like, should we send out a search party? <laughs> yeah. Sure like, enough. if he's not in here in another five minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like, send somebody down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I came for the pizza. I heard there was music, too. Like, <laughs> I came for the fucking garlic knots and $3 yeah. beer. Like, who are these guys on the stage? Who are these guys on stage? Like, They're all right. Like, <laughs> came for the garlic knots and $3 rolling roll. That was a hard, good times. And at yeah. Gallagher's, too. Gallagher's, you bring the pizza, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was known oh, for bringing like a huge overflowing box of cold pizza, pizza and garlic knots, and, and they would feed everybody. Yeah, good times. That was good times, dude. Um, how about favorite times at Gallagher? Gallagher's man, we ran that one for how many years? Six, seven, eight, seven years. Seven. I was right. Seven. seven. Damn. Yeah. Good times. Um, man, that was an era. Like I, we started going there <laughs> when wow, I was like. That was a good time. That was. We had 660 people in a 500 capacity. That's how we met Lennon, bar. right? He was a yeah. security there and became our homie. And yeah. Started chilling with him ever since. Yeah. We made we made some friends and uh, but it was a real diverse crowd. Mm-hmm. A little bit of everything. There was a little bit of everything. Good times, everything. Matt. Yo, man, those were the funnest times in San Diego, yeah, right I there. I met a lot of fun San times. Diego MCs, man. Like. Uh, Legion X. Funnest times in San Diego uh, right there. Scales, man. A lot of Marlon D. Fuck. But it was Reggae Thursday for a good six or seven years. And DJ Reese. Shouts to Rick Scales. Yeah. Was He was also designing the flyers every oh, week man. for the show. Yeah. <laughs> the graphics with the artist names, Booking. the dates. It was crazy. You know. There were double you were, sided. dude. Damn. It was nonstop. Luckily, See, he was the DJ, he was the promoter, and he and was the, the graphic designer. Yeah. 
and the graphic design for that whole era. Yeah, that's a lot of pieces of media. Crazy. Uh, how did you juggle all that, Reef? Well, that's when I, I I was finally making money from DJing, so I could give up my nine to five job. Yeah. And thank you, San Diego. Thank you, California, for supporting, uh, helping me pay my bills through music, where I could bring this music to the people, and create more uh, more places for MCs, reggae bands, reggae DJs, reggae singers to come and show San Diego their talent. And luckily, getting connected to artists, I was able to book them, bring them down here, pay for their uh, transportation, their hotel, and pay for their time through the San Diego Massive, through the public, the people. And people that would come party from Tijuana, from LA, to come join us from uh, Inland Empire. People from Arizona would come just to check out an artist, just to, like, yo, I heard my Chick Monday for hip hop. And then we get other groups of hip-hop from all over the U.S., all over Mexico, Canada, come rock a night at My Check Monday and vibe with the San Diego hip-hop community. Also, same thing with reggae. So it was because people would come to the shows, help fund this, and our sponsors like San Diego Hydroponics, Wastel Technicians. Jägermeister. Uh, we were sponsored by Jägermeister for a, for a summer. That was crazy. I barely remember those days. Yeah, they got, we got I heard they were fun. from... Jägermeister. Yeah, it's one of the shirts they, right here. They gave us a fire pit to burn wood. Yeah, they in took our front care yards. of us. They, you know, they gave us t-shirts, jackets, hats. We yeah. had like everything. We had like the cups, flower shop and, and Beefy's Beefy's yeah. uh, dispensaries would always uh, sponsor our we nights. We had a giant like Jägermeister flag. And, yeah. yeah. Ganja Galaxy would sponsor our nights because of Ganja Galaxy. They would help us fund our movement and our music, and we were able to. Bring up other Dr. Galaxy was awesome. Fans. Hell yeah. And it was so much fun. That was too many, so much, so much uh, shows and good times. Yes. In indeed. San Diego. Indeed. Crazy nights. But uh, the same time, this during the same years, we were also doing Gallagher's. We were doing Diamond Gym. Diamond Gym. That's Chula right. Every That's night. right. That, that was right. a whole Vista. crazy That's right. party. In yeah. my opinion, <laughs> those were some of the funnest nights. So it would be South too. Bay was a different yeah, crowd. I went to those too. I went, yeah. I went to a couple of those. So it would be this was our week. Monday was my check Monday. Uh, yeah, taste, Tasteful Tuesdays where Jughead and Schlepp would hold down Ooh, National, National City, City Sports, Bar Sports Bar for dance hall night. Not reggae, but dance hall like like hardcore Jamaican dance hall. And that same Tuesday, I'd be at Diamond Gyms for uh, Tequila Tuesdays playing cumbia. And salsa for the Latin crowd, and then Wednesday the South Bay. would be Diamond Gems reggae nights. I never missed a Diamond Gems Wednesday in like there was five years straight where I yeah. where I didn't miss one. Best times ever. You, you, I would drive all the way down there. I wouldn't miss it. And then Thursday was reggae Thursdays, and then Fridays At I wouldn't calories, book anything. Yeah. Fridays and Saturdays it was usually Skybox. Uh oh yeah yeah Fridays. first was Friday uh, Skybox, and Saturdays Skybox. But no. after Skybox closed Saturday down, was like house parties and stuff. Yeah, Saturday we, we, was, left, we left Friday open. and Saturday we left open. So we could chill, go party. We'd go go to a Cholo game. Yeah. Uh, the next day party, recover. And then, then Sunday, Sunday was, was Champs Lounge. Champs. That was, my, that was my night. That was Champs, Schlepp's Champs, night. Champs. Yeah. That was Schlepp's night in Claremont. Reef was like, here, Champs wants, wants to do something. Do you want to run it? You and then the parlor, parlor in downtown came out. Parlor Sushi with the Chef Gus. 
Was that was that uh, reggae Sunday? That was uh, no. The parlor was reggae Wednesday, reggae Saturday, but we gave that night to laughs. So luckily, yeah. uh, DJ laughs our, our female. He couldn't DJ cover all the nights. They had to delegate. Yeah. So luckily, I had TRC the the crew um, that we represented TRC Sound System. Uh, we had enough DJs to spread where everybody would have a night, and then I would handle the the majority of the nights. But laughs would handle a night. Schlepp and our other DJs and MCs would also spread out through San Diego because back then we were that busy, we were that active. And uh, as soon as COVID hit, everything just went down. There's, there's no music, so we're waiting for COVID to be over. And hopefully, we could get back in here and, uh, and keep music alive in San Diego. Hell yeah, man. Um, what are you guys taking away from 2020? What are some of the lessons you guys have learned about yourselves in 2020, bro? Man. I ask all of my guests this because, you know, it's been a um, crazy year. I've just been evaluating everything. And we have time to think, right? Yeah. I'm trying to learn how to adapt to the way the world's going to be now because you know it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some changes. Shit, it's changed now in this mother... Yeah, Yo, real talk, uh, though. You know why, guys? I was laughing about that situation about the school. Is because all you can do. I always feel like yo, just man, have a sense of humor about things. For sure, because the reason why that makes me laugh is because it's a way for me to cope with the fact that it's a crazy yeah yeah decision absolutely, absolutely. and it's not safe. And these are so many kids' lives involved. Like I would say not do it, but hey, who you know? But it's like the whole nation is not in the same page. Mm-hmm. We are not on the same page. And I, I would, you know, I would understand if the whole schools are out. But no, some places in Cali is still not going back. Mm-hmm. But some in the East Coast are, so it's like, why are we not on the same page? Here's the problem. You can't really please everyone. It's, True. It's ironic. You got some people protesting they want the schools to open. True. Then you got other people protesting that they want to keep their kids safe and it's not time to open. You know, but you can't please everyone. You true that. True that. How about you, Reef? What you take away from what you taking away from twenty twenty, dog? You know, I lost a lot of family this year. Fuck. A lot of uh, deaths. So twenty twenty was uh, nothing good. <sighs> yeah. But one thing it did give me is time to think and how to stay positive and make life worth every minute. Because I feel the older we get, the faster time goes, and time waits for no one. So you either get up and do shit. Absolutely. Shit, shit will leave you. Absolutely, I agree with that. It's like I I look at it too. Um, what do we do with all this free time that God has given us? You know, fortunately so, we don't have as much. It's a lot as of as we think. You're right, but then like sometimes people get their jobs taken away, people get on unemployment, mm-hmm. and people go through some changes during this whole pandemic. And it's like it's given it's given people time to reflect. Definitely. Definitely reflect and reevaluate, you know, like you said, right? You know, it's time to adapt. It's time to sometimes, for some people, think about a career change mm. mm-hmm. or a lifestyle change mm. or Amen. maybe take this time to build Amen. and rebuild and Amen, find a different path in Amen. life. Straight up, man. And that's what I've been doing. Straight up. Totally. So... Let's talk. We want to talk about Schlepp. Like, what's the next step, bro? I know there, there's some big news waiting to happen, right? Like, we're, you know, I know you're ready to get into. Do you want to talk about it? Or <laughs> well, really? um, besides, um, 
besides making pizzas and doing construction jobs, you know, I'm into whatever makes money or whatever I'm good at. Tight. I, I do a lot of work with my hands. But I'm also trying to get into the military. The mm-hmm. California National Guard. Which you lost 30 pounds to. That's, yeah. That's nothing easy. Thanks for sharing, bro. And um, I wish you nothing but success and the prosperous year uh, of the remainder of 2020 and moving forward, you know? Straight up. Anything we got to plug? Um, you guys want to plug anything? Plug anything else? Uh, yo, just keep keep in contact. The music's not done. We've been doing this for years. Nothing new. We'll be back. Yeah. Hip-hop, reggae, cumbia to the fullest, to the fucking universe. In and outer national. Whenever things are back open, we'll be back open. <laughs> Hell yeah. Follow Schlep, Schlep Rocks on Instagram. Follow myself, Rifa underscore TRC. Big up Marlon D. Make sure you follow him, his yeah, podcast. Everything and anything he does will be there to support. Uh, be on the lookout for Colby Productions coming out with some new music. And TRC Sound System, Never Ooh. Dead. And uh, actually, that Schlepp is here. He's, he's yeah. one of the, he was one of the ones that was with me when we won the uh, 2013 DJ battle that put us on the map. And Still got, got us, the trophy. Uh, <laughs> got the trophy right there. Right here in the living room. And uh, thanks to that, that definitely put us on the map, uh, DJ, sound system-wise. And after that, we started traveling to other countries, other cities. And uh, big up everybody from San Francisco to Canada to Mexico City to LA to Oxnard. Tijuana, always represent. That's where we started. Um, Just keep keep your ears open. We'll be back. Slap. Any plugs? Any shouts? No. I know you guys want me to say something funny. Say something funny. No, no, you guys. You guys 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 are great co-hosts, man. You guys are awesome, bro. Fucking hilarious. But yo, Slap on the real though. Um, any shouts? You wanna? Any fam? Any any homies? You want to give a shout to? No. I would just like to say, you know, we're all doing something positive. We're all... Amen. You know, we're all taking things seriously now. We're not taking things for granted. Amen. We're all, mm-hmm. you know, reevaluating things. And it's good. It's like a reset. 2020 is like a reset. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, you're right. We're, we're about to start on something new. And you can feel it. Indeed. It's like we're responsible. We're responsible for our choices. Indeed. And um, and some, Schlepp is right. Sometimes it's time for a change. Maybe it's time for something new. Indeed, change is good. And maybe it's time for a new path. Indeed. And I, I want to thank you guys for supporting me, my podcast, because I really wanted to create MD podcast. You know, thank you. I really wanted to like do something where people can vent about the jobs that they have if it's serving the community and mental health social workers mental health practitioners but also real hip-hop heads that that you know that i met through the through the scene you know mm-hmm. straight up because uh you guys definitely helped me hone my stage my stage show and just gave me an outlet you guys gave me an outlet to uh always perform my music in those critical years mm-hmm. in my late 20s early 30s because I could have those are the fun years those are some of the best, best years. times ever my late 20s early 30s because those are like 
the funnest times in San Diego. I'm not saying San Diego's not fun now. It still is, you know? Mm-hmm. But... And it will be. It's kind of different with everything, you know? But it's all good. It's all good. We're we'll still alive, right? Yep. Yo, shout out to everybody tuning in. MD Podcast. See you in the next episode. Yeah. Peace. Peace.